Welcome to episode 123 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I am thrilled that you have joined me today. Whether this is your first or your 123rd episode, I hope you hear something that makes you smile, sparks an insight, improves your business, or maybe even changes your life. Like last week's episode, um, number 122 was coming to you from Chicago. This episode comes to you from Michigan. I'm in our cabin in um, Northwest Lower Michigan. It's in the woods and on the beaches of Grand Traverse Bay. And actually it's quite the introvert paradise. <laughs> the, the closest town is Traverse City and it's about 18 miles down the road. And um, we can't even see our, our nearest neighbor. So um, we're enjoying a little bit of vacation time. And while we're here, I thought this was a perfect opportunity to do something I've been wanting actually to do for years. And that is to interview my husband, Andy Below. And I'm not interviewing him just because he's my husband. I also have a tremendous amount of respect for him as a nonprofit executive director. He's also a fellow introvert, which he'll share with us during our conversation. But as a nonprofit executive director, I see so much of what he does that is parallel to what I do as an entrepreneur building my business. Prior to becoming a coach and entrepreneur, I myself was in the nonprofit field for about 12 years and served in a whole range of roles um, from marketing to fundraising to web development, you know, you name it. And I probably wore the hat at some point. And as I've grown as an entrepreneur, I find myself continually pulling on the lessons that I learned as a nonprofit professional. And one of the most powerful things, I think, is the parallel between the entrepreneur sales process and prospecting and identifying potential customers and clients and the process that a nonprofit goes through with identifying prospective donors and cultivating those relationships. Because both times you're, you're looking for people that are willing to invest in your business and invest in your organization. So I have been, you know, really wanting to talk to my husband about this because I know that a lot of what I do resonates with him and he sees a lot of parallels. So this is going to be a really fun conversation and I hope that you get a lot out of it, whether you're a nonprofit person yourself. And I know that there are a lot of introverts that are drawn to nonprofit work because they feel called to that, you know, need to serve and to often be a little bit behind the scenes and not necessarily be out there, but really making a huge contribution. So I think that, you know, wherever you fall on the nonprofit or entrepreneur spectrum, you're going to find a lot of value in today's conversation. I hope you enjoy. Andy Below is a highly experienced nonprofit executive with more than th almost 30 years of experience in the orchestra industry, starting out at the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra as a telemarketer part-time, which I hope he tells us a little bit about, um, and most recently serving as the executive director of the Traverse Symphony Orchestra in Traverse City, Michigan, and the Tacoma Symphony Orchestra in Tacoma, Washington. He has his Bachelor's of Liberal Arts from Lawrence University in Appleton, Wisconsin, and uh, considers himself a Midwesterner at heart, um, loves the Great Lakes. I call him a car ferry nerd, and I think he identifies with that label because he loves uh, all things car ferry and sailing and being on the water. And I hope you enjoy this conversation that we have together. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. 
I am so happy to be talking with you. Thank you. Happy to be here. What is making you smile today, besides, of course, being interviewed by your lovely wife? <laughs> being here in Michigan and being able to walk for about 60 seconds and be on the beach looking at the wild and crazy bay. I uh, share that smile with you. <laughs> Definitely. Now, I always like to give listeners a little bit of context when we start out about where you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum. So where do you feel like you identify most, and how has that awareness influenced your path? I'm uh, very deeply embedded on the introvert side of the spectrum. Um, at this point, I'm not aware that I consciously think about that very much in my day-to-day -day life, uh, particularly my professional life. I just instinctively know that I need downtime on the weekends, and um, I need a lot of downtime right now, which, which I'm getting on this wonderful vacation with you. Um, like all introverts, it takes energy for me to be outgoing, and um, I have to be very outgoing in my job. And so it's important for me to uh, nurture myself when I do have downtime and make sure that I'm able to replenish my energy stores. Since you are in a very kind of extroverted profession, um, that being an executive director of a nonprofit with lots of people around you all the time, um, you know, what do you feel like is the most satisfying aspect of your work, like that keeps you going back in spite of perhaps the amount of uh, people work that you have to do? I would say the moment when I uh, sink into my seat in the auditorium, usually with you beside me, and um, watch the conductor walk on stage and begin the performance. And at that point, I'm just a member of the audience. And uh, I've learned over the years to shut down my executive director mind and just listen to the music. And it's, it's very satisfying to me uh, to be able to know that um, the work that I and the staff and board have done is what is making it possible for this concert to happen and for the uh, people to have this experience. I think it's a very valuable and worthwhile experience and that uh, more and more people should uh, take advantage of it. It's a rare thing to be able to watch 80 to 100 live musicians creating something beautiful with no amplification, no microphones, no extension cords, just acoustic instruments, 80 of them, making beautiful sounds. In our highly digital world, it's like this pure analog experience, like you said, pure acoustic. And, and it strikes me that that's one of the reasons why going to it. Yes, we can buy just about anything we want on CD or we can download it from iTunes, but there's really nothing that matches going to a concert hall or going to a live theater performance or going to live dance instead of just watching it on the television. Well, you know, in, like I was saying, in your job, you, you have so many people that you need to interact with. And, and sometimes it, it, it even overwhelms me when I think of you've got musicians, board members, donors, the public, the media, you know, you are a point person for all of those folks in one way or another. How have you learned to navigate that over the years? I have to set priorities and I have to set boundaries. And, um, you know, with my staff, for example, I, I try to have a very open door policy with them. But one of the things that we instigated a year ago, um, several years ago, was a 45 minute hour. And basically what that means is for the first 45 minutes of an hour, 
uh, we are not to interrupt one another, even if the doors are open. During the last 45 minutes of the hour, kind of all bets are off, and you can go in and talk with each other about whatever you need to. Um, the other thing I've found is that the biggest priority has to be donors. Um, the more time I can spend developing those relationships, the more health there's going to be in the organization. And that's so similar, and that's the next thing I want to ask you about is the parallel between being an executive director of a nonprofit and like my role as an entrepreneur. I've often seen that play out where you know clients and customers are very much like your donors and patrons and ticket holders. What do you see as the parallels between what you do and what I do? <laughs> well, the primary difference, I would say, is the amount of people that I have around me on a regular basis. Um, the parallels are that um, the biggest um, resource that I have is also the biggest obstacle, and that is myself, my inner self. The, the way that I talk to myself, the way that I take care of myself, um, if I take care of myself and keep myself energized and inspired and engaged, then I'm able to surmount just about any obstacle that comes my way. Conversely, um, during the times when I allow my energy stores to become depleted, um, I stop feeding myself intellectually and spiritually. Um, those are the times when um, the well will run dry and I'll be less able to perform my job. I think that's probably very similar to what happens in an entrepreneurial setting. Yeah, we absolutely have to um, make sure that we're taking care of ourselves on the inside and watching how we talk to ourselves <laughs> and being kind to ourselves. Um, you know, both of us are under very similar pressures in that uh, we're raising our own salary, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so how we talk to ourselves, how we treat ourselves and the boundaries that we draw are part of what's going to lead to our success. Well, you've been in the industry, the orchestra industry for 30 some odd years, or 30 years. What advice would you have for particularly an introvert who's listening, who wants to be active as in a nonprofit, or even I've talked to a lot that want to found their own nonprofit? Um, what, what advice would you have for them? Well, founding a nonprofit is, um, is something that I haven't experienced. And it, it is, um, as near as I understand, an extremely long, technical, and challenging process. Um, as an individual starting out in working in a nonprofit, um, I would say be very humble, be very open, and learn as much as you can from the people around you who have more experience. It is um, one of the things that is very challenging in nonprofits is the human resource side of things um, because nonprofits tend to not pay as well as for profit. So finding um, bright, energetic, and inspired young workers is something that experienced nonprofit leaders are always on the lookout for. So if you're able to position yourself in, in that manner, the people of experience are going to want to nurture you. You're a, you're a valuable resource and commodity, and um, they will want to help you just as much as you want to be helped. What experience or person do you feel like has helped you most? Like, is there anything that's had such an impact that you feel like its effects are still influencing you today? I would have to say it isn't any one person, but it's, it's all of the bosses that I've had collectively, both good and bad. 
and uh, you know I started out with a with a very extroverted boss. Um, in some ways, he was a good boss, but in other ways, he was just so Pollyanna-ish that um, I didn't pick up good habits from him. Then I went to an extremely um, negative, volatile, dysfunctional boss, and um, after that, I I um, had a, a very good functional and skilled boss who taught me a lot and I mean I've just I've lost count of all of them but every boss I've had I have picked up something from and I've always tried to find what is it this this was instinctive I don't think I was thinking of this consciously at the time but what is it um, about this person that I can emulate and that I can um, what tools do they have that I can draw into my toolbox I know the way you got started out um in the orchestra industry was a telemarketer, which to me is like the antithesis of what an introvert might be drawn to do. <laughs> Would you mind speaking a little bit about, you know, what your experience was there and, um, and what you learned from it and also what you learned about even the telephone. That was one thing that you taught me, especially when I was writing my book. Um, we talked a lot about sort of um, telephone avoidance or aversion. And I know that your previous experiences have helped you with that. So uh, I guess the general question is just maybe talk a little bit about that early experience and what you learned from it. Well, I think actually um, introverts are probably um, not only the best telephone salespeople, but the best salespeople in general, because it is, um, it's really something that requires more listening than talking. Uh, you talk to elicit a response and then you listen and then you respond and you try to draw the person out um, so I think it is it's a very intuitive process and one that that requires a lot of emotional intelligence and ability to to um, listen and understand where the person is coming from and what might be the things that will um, stimulate their interest so I think those are all skills that, from my perspective, um, introverts tend to have, um, and they can be developed. The other thing that I would say is that uh, I've been, I, you know, the skills that I picked up as a telemarketer, I still use when I call donors. And um, the number one thing that I have learned for myself is that call reluctance, as, as they call it, never leaves. Um, it's something I have to overcome Every time I pick up the phone, I hate the phone, honestly. <laughs> I would rather not talk on the phone. But the phone is a, is a necessary tool uh, in, in my business. Well, I know you've helped me a lot with that, and I um, appreciate you sharing that, that piece of experience. <laughs> and I know you also talk about um, starting out as a telemarketer, you were selling subscriptions over the phone to the symphony. <laughs> um, not the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, and that it really, well, let me ask you, you know, what lessons did you learn just from that experience that you feel like help you keep perspective today? Um, I guess, let's see, I have to think about that. I suppose um, what I took away from that is uh, that First of all, people are not immediately interested in what you have to say when they pick up the phone because they're not expecting to hear from you. So it, you have to hang in there a little bit with them and, and see if you can catch their interest. If you can't, then you have to go on to the next call. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the time, uh, perhaps the majority of the time, you won't be successful. So go on to the next call and just keep going. 
because eventually you will get somebody who um, actually is interested in what you want to talk about. And then you can have just this wonderful exchange. And what you're doing, at least in, in our case, we were um, persuading somebody to make um, a lifestyle commitment to what we were offering. Uh, subscribing to the symphony isn't about a sale. It's about somebody deciding that this is something that is worth incorporating into their lifestyle because you're going to be going to concerts you know maybe once or twice a month for an entire season so it, you're the door that is opening into that world for the, this person um, so that's an important responsibility and I found it a lot of fun because of my passion for the music um, I liked sharing that with people so that was that enabled me to overcome my reluctance to pick up the phone great reminder that passion when we have a passion for something we can kind of work through any of that aversion or reluctance that we have because we believe so strongly in it well thank you for sharing your experiences and uh i want to wrap up you're you're already on vacation <laughs> so so this is kind of a funny question and i know i'm sitting here in our in the cabin uh, main room surrounded by books so i know that uh, this is going to be a tough question too but Let's say you're granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island. And of course, Introvert Island is probably in the middle of Lake Michigan or <laughs> the Grand Traverse Bay, you know, your favorite spot. And you can only take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? Uh, gosh, <laughs> I would, um, uh, because when I'm alone and on vacation, I'm, I'm also trying to renew myself spiritually. Um, I would take the Book of Common Prayer along with me because there's uh, so much rich language in there that, that feeds my soul. I'd take a copy of the Bible. Um, again, you know, there's just a lifetime of, of great lessons in there and uh, wonderful literature and stories and poetry. And um, uh, it's just, it's a marvelous collection. And I'd probably take uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings because that would last you a long time. <laughs> um, and I find that, that that kind of fantasy realm um, is a magical place that um, somehow re-energizes and feeds my soul. Well, I've been wanting to have this conversation on my podcast for years, so I'm glad that you um, were willing to take time off the beach <laughs> to come and sit in the cabin with me and have this conversation. So thank you, Andy. Thank you, Beth. Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation. I hope you found something in there that gave you maybe some new perspective on part of your business or part of the, the visions that you have for making a contribution to the world and how you can do that, especially using your introvert superpowers. I um, am thrilled that I finally got to interview my husband. And again, thank you to you for listening and for, again, coming along with a little bit of an experiment as I've been trying out um, over the past few podcast episodes. One of the next upcoming episodes, either the next one or the one after that, is going to be actually a podcast focused on podcasting. I've often talked about how podcasting is such a fabulous platform for introvert entrepreneurs to get our message out. And since I was at Podcast Movement 
several weeks ago, the beginning of July, I thought it would be a great opportunity to interview a few of my fellow introvert podcasters and find out what motivated them to start a podcast and what role it played in uh, the rest of their business and how they felt that their introversion was an asset in being a podcaster. So if you have thought about starting a podcast or you're curious about them, or even if you just feel like you want to be interviewed on podcasts, that's an episode that you are definitely going to want to hear. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Um, If you want more information about The Introvert Entrepreneur and my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms, you can go to my website at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. I also welcome your feedback and comments and ideas at my email address, which is beth at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. A very special thank you to Paul Messing, my podcast producer, and always to Naja, who does my podcast show notes. And an especially big thank you to you for spending this time with me. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Mm-hmm.